What's up, Switches? And welcome back to Recap Bandits Podcast, a podcast about TV by people who love TV. You already know the drill. I'm Chara, and I'm here with Mel and Crystal. Hello. Hey. And we are continuing with our recap of Season 3 of Motherland Fort Salem with Episode 7, She Returns. And we are winding down because I think we're only getting, what, 10 episodes? Yeah, it sounds about right. So disappointing. I know. And it, <laughs> before we started recording, I was just like going off about how we get everything taken from us. Like any woman led show, it's like she's all, it's always on thin ice to begin with. And we have this really great, fully realized world that is so interesting and it's not given the time to breathe. And like mm-hmm. it has all these interesting ideas. Like Alder's whole storyline could be so, it's just not even connected to everything else that's going on. But I know that it can be so much more powerful if they did that. I mean, it's brought me to tears. It's made me cheer out loud. It's such a great show. And this is going away. First Kill gets canceled after one season, even though it was numerically successful. Um, uh, uh, Discovery is the is the redheaded stepchild of, of Trek. Everybody, um, you know, uh Strange new worlds come out and say, "Oh, this is the Trek we've been waiting for." And it's just like, no, it's the Trek you had in the '60s, and you can't let go. Like, I'm tired of women's just losing everything, and like everything that's geared towards us is just always on eggshells, and I'm tired of it. Yeah, preach. Exactly. Preach. Like, do you know how long I've been waiting for Black Witch representation? Like, since mm-hmm. the '90s. <laughs> right. Like, we finally get it. Like, it, back then, we only had, like, Buffy and, you know, Charmed. And the best we had was Rachel True in The Craft. And yeah. she was treated horribly. Yes. She was. And I, and I loved Buffy. Buffy is top tier. Like, it's one of my favorite shows. I still, like, I will always talk. You can always talk to me about Buffy. But... Like, this is something different. And it's, like, so much more. And it's not just, like, the representation thing. Like, I know that that's important. But it's the story thing. Like, the depth of story. The depth Mm -hmm. of lore. The, you know, taking, like, it's really good allegory for the the times we live in. Like, like a lot of times, allegories, they can be hit or miss. But this one is really, really good. Yeah. Now, Buffy was, like, really important to me, like, growing up. But it yeah. did not treat its people of color well. I loved <laughs> it, but we got Kendra for five minutes. Like, oh my god! And and Angel, I also loved Angel to death. But Gun Child, what? Oh lord! About his storyline. It's just <laughs> it's just one bad thing after another. <laughs> wow! And, and this show gave us like so much black representation of like strong right. black women. Like yep. strong in different kinds of way, and now exactly. this season they're gonna drop in the Native American rap, and I'm like, you just introduced this one. We're closing. <laughs> oh my god, I the know. is closing, <laughs> and it's pissing me off because it's it's so good. Like look what they've done with you know seeing the session and how it works and like all the different intricacies and how, you know, just because people are, you know, like win their freedom, it doesn't mean all their problems go away. They still have like interpersonal conflicts and different mm-hmm. things that, you know, I have this agenda, you have this agenda and we, we might butt heads, but it's still worth fighting for. And like all these witches of all these different traditions coming together. Like the only thing that's missing, missing for me is like the African tradition of, mm-hmm you know, witchcraft, like that is super missing and and like a huge um, kind of blank space for me. But like, even that, I was like, I can forgive that because again, this story is so well put together. They did such a great job. And I feel like we would have gotten there at some point if they were allowed more seasons because we got a glimpse of what was going on in India. Like we started to get these glimpses of other cultures and what was happening with the witches there. So I feel like they would have gone there given the time, yeah. but yes. getting canceled. So mm-hmm. I need black and POC magical girls. Thank you. On my TV. Like I love, you know, I love the, all these indie, um, you know, uh, manga and, and comic writers and um, people who are doing such great like novels and everything. I want to turn my TV on and see 
the speculative fiction that stars people and and has our experiences and our cosmology wrapped in it like Mm. i don't want like chocolate color covered white people or any of that i want you know like i i deserve it too like i'm a person that's been watching tv for years and years and like why did everything that appeals to me gets snatched off right away right like i would have killed for this kind of representation as a teenager and then here we are and teenagers had it and now it's gone yeah. It's just very disappointing. It is yep. so disappointing. They just don't appreciate what they have. No. Not at And don't know they don't know what to do with it. That's the thing. It's really good. I mean these suits, they are so quick to cancel stuff that comes from the um from the artistic part of their uh business, but it's your fault because you don't know how to make there is money to be made off of this. You just didn't do it right. There was so much merchandising that could have happened. They they had little um, any any uh, speculative fiction show that can't immediately start merch, merchandising and doing that. It's on the suit's fault. It's not on the on the uh, uh, creators' fault. They shouldn't have to suffer because you don't know how to do your job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The material is good. You just have to know what to do with the material. Exactly. I hope it gets picked up by another network, but I know that's a long shot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they advertise it so little. So little. Like, I started watching it probably a whole season late because I saw one advertisement and then never saw anything else about it. I'm trying to think. I I don't even remember, like, what got me to watch this. Um, yeah, it was definitely like a, a one advertisement kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think it just immediately hooked me. And so I started watching it and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so great. But nobody was talking about it. Nobody is talking about it. Like it has a, a it has a plucky little fandom, but like it's not mainstream at all. Mm-mm. They got Rayel to trend on Twitter a little while back. And Scylla. Yeah. Like yesterday, I think. People are probably wondering, what? What is a rail? <laughs> right. What is a solo? <laughs> I think that, and I said this too, I think that the trending topics have become even more, like way more boutique because like right now, for instance, my trending topic is like Picard and, <laughs> and except for the, like this, this one that's like big brother, I would never watch, but like, it's like one of those big things that, you know, you can't escape from. But like, I feel like they, they really like hone them in on the person more so than they used to. Cause I've been getting like my hero academia, star Trek. Like, it's like, I know y'all aren't um, <laughs> really trending for like everybody on this platform right now. Like, yeah, I can't say I've ever seen those. So yeah. So I feel like trending topics don't even mean nothing no more. Cause they don't, they're just like, do you want to look at this thing that you always look at? Oh, that is true. Cause I'm looking at my trending topics and I'm like Peter Capaldi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I get back to you stuff. Yep, I definitely get that too. Oh, now we've got our ranting out of the way. <laughs> Do we? We're so, this is probably going to be some ranting during this. Yeah, yeah, so out. <laughs> right. I'm sure we'll have more, but we'll go ahead and dive into the episode and then just add them in there. <laughs> so uh, we'll start this one off. So we start this episode off with. Uh, Rael and Willa and they're still in the mother and Willa tells Rael that she's finally healed and surprisingly gives her a choice of whether she wants to stay or she wants to leave and Rael of course I mean we knew this was going to be the choice but she chooses to go back to the world and help her friends and of course get back to Scylla and the one interesting piece of this for me was that Willa tells her like the mother will call on you at the end but then she just disappears and doesn't tell her why or what that means mm, cryptic yeah. witches yeah it's like in the end I was like that that sounds ominous <laughs> so I'm guessing that has to do with Tally's vision of the witch bomb yep I don't 
I feel like Willa never, like, I feel like Willa never, like, connected with me fully because I just, we've talked about, we talked about this in season one and two, I think, where it was just like, she's not, like, I'm trying to understand, like, she's saying she is the same Willa that raised um, Rial, but, like, like, the same mother, but it's just, I don't know, she just seems so, like, disconnected, like, she loves her, but it's, like, this weird disconnect. Yeah, but I feel like she didn't raise Rial either. No, anyway, she was gone. Yeah, Rael's what nineteen, and she's been gone for ten years. Yeah, so So I feel like they just don't really. I think the show is trying to build a connection that's not really there. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like you know, I feel like she should tell her like what's expected of her. Like she, it's like she's an emissary of the mother as opposed to the mother of Rael trying to prepare her to do whatever it is she's supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. In a way, it kind of feels like she sees Rael as the, the child she was when she was her mother. So mm. that's why she's like holding her back. She's keeping people from seeing her. She's like taking this before this episode, she was taking decisions from her. because You know, she was her child, so she can do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. I could see that. I just wish she would give more information. Yeah. It's for the sake of time. Like, we only have three episodes left. <laughs> you know, Paris. <laughs> wait, oh, Willa. Like, well, I'm not going to give you that. <laughs> give us the deets we need to know. With uh, the rest of the Bellwether unit, uh, Anacostia, Abigail, and Adil are trying to figure out how to find the Marshal and President Wade, which is really important at this point in the story. Um, I'm surprised she hasn't come forward. (laughs) Right. Like, where is she? But before they can do that, um, Abigail has to talk to Scylla because they've been receiving complaints about the smell coming from her room because she just has a table full of dead things. Oh, like a weird necro she is. <laughs> Necros are so creepy. <laughs> Just table full of dead stuff. <laughs> Why? Why are you like this? <laughs> I like that. One of the things I love is that it is a creepy little weirdo, but everybody is kind of like really like. You know, as respectful as they can be, like, you know, some people are complaining about the smell. And then they go up there and they're talking to her and they like, you know, they look like, oh, this this is gross and I hate the smell of it. But they're talking to her. They're not like, you know, you need to stop with this. It's just like, you know, this is what work is. Sometimes it's dirty and gross. Like <laughs> <laughs> Abigail's just trying to talk her down, like, we need your help. You're part of the unit. <laughs> exactly. I love I love that. That was a great I one. love that too. Yeah. They have come a long way. How far. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Rewatching this whole show is going to be crazy. Yeah. The emotional whiplash. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know if I can relive season three, Abigail. <laughs> I mean, season two, Abigail. <laughs> this endless trauma the whole season. <laughs> yeah, that was rough. Good grief. Yeah, it was pretty rough until she got really angry. <laughs> right. <laughs> Get him, oh, girl. Set me straight. I'm like, oh, wow. Like, She's back. <laughs> right. She's there she is. Now. <laughs> That's my girl. When she screamed that dude's face off, I was like, yes, this is what I'm here for. This is what I <laughs> bought my ticket for. <laughs> right here. This right here. Whew. I hope I hope they sell these DVDs because I feel like the show's going to disappear. Yeah. Yeah. I need this on Blu-ray or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're trying to figure out how to track down the Marshal and President Wade. Uh, Thelma Bear, Bear Killer meets with the rest of the council And she breaks the news that, you know, she's been putting together a militia this whole time behind everybody's back. 
And as expected, you know, some of the council members weren't happy with it, but there's one in particular that I didn't see coming, (laughs) (laughs) which was Millie decides to drug everybody through her food. And Thelma is the only one that didn't eat anything. So once everybody else is knocked out, she's then knocked out by one of Millie's guards. And it turns out that Millie has sold them out to the Camarilla because she feels like her group has been slighted by the others. Like they have bad land. They don't get any respect. So I'm going to sell us out to the Camarilla and (laughs) turn over these little Americans. (laughs) I, you know, and like, you know, you can, I loved this because it is that kind of short-sighted, you know, thing and it's that it's that manipulation that oppressors do where they come in this is literally throughout history they come in sow seeds of discord or see that there is discord and figure out okay how can i use that to get what i want and like they fool and trick and mm-hmm. millie fell right for it and like millie's and and the other thing is millie's um desires weren't uh shallow she's legitimately wanted more for her people but you know of course she trusted the wrong folk i really love this this development yeah yeah about uh millie millie (laughs) right i understand it i understand why you did it because like it's happened like you said crystal throughout history but like you are making a deal with people who literally rip the throats out of your kind yes this is not gonna end well for you Exactly. I don't care what they promised you, what what lies they sold. Allow you and your people to run free. <clears throat> right. Right. Like Millie, girl, I get it, but <laughs> 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 did you really think they were just gonna come in, collect the bellwether unit, and then leave? Right. Like, I guess when you want something bad enough, you'll tell yourself all kinds of stuff. Mm. I mean, just the history of what they've been doing in recent history. Like, I don't know. I guess I still haven't figured out how out of the loop, like, the session is on what's going on Mm -hmm. in the rest of the world. Because, like, Mm -hmm. they were the ones rounding up, like, witches that didn't even know they were witches. Mm -hmm. I feel like that was all over the place. But I don't know. The session seems kind of removed from everything else going on. Like, not our country, not our problem. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Yeah, so maybe she was just unaware of like how bad the Camarilla actually are. Yeah, like the extent of it. Yeah. I hope that was it because otherwise, like, girl. (laughs) Mm. I mean, when they said they were going to take the council too, I mean, what did you think they were going to do with you guys? Just have tea and biscuits? Right, like. <laughs> I don't know what she was thinking. But Millie also seems like she's high all the time, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's a little, she's a little loopy. <laughs> like Millie is just lit at the council meeting every time. So. <laughs> and in the quest to find President Wade and the Marshal, um, Anacostia goes, Anacostia, Abigail, and Adil, they go to approach the Border Patrol officers um, to ask for his help with contacting the Marshal. And we did get one explanation we've been looking for during this scene, and that was that, you know, the Marshal's men are connected to him, sort of like the biddies were connected to Alder. Yeah, which is something that we um we kind of came up with. like we kind of saw you know and she was like don't call them b- biddies up <laughs> like I would not call them biddies I love that. yeah <laughs> they're not biddies <laughs> but well Anacostia is talking to him um you know she tells Adil and Abigail to stay back because they are wanted criminals and such. Um, but before he can even help them, there's a car pulling up and it's a group of soldiers from Fort Salem. And of course they have their civilian oversight leader, whatever with them. And of course the border patrol demands that they leave, but they refuse and then start to arrest the officers. 
And when they try to use magic against this civilian leader, um, he's wearing this like plate of armor that prevents anyone from using direct magic against him. And Anacostia, you know, notes that that's the same kind of tech that was used in the cage where she and Sterling were held. I don't like that they've gotten a hold of this. <laughs> this was the moment where I was like, I think the show has made the Cambria too overpowered. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah, because it's almost like they, not that they came out of nowhere, they were there since the beginning, but how they were presented in the beginning was not mm-hmm. like this. <laughs> yeah. I see what you're saying. Like, too overpowered too quickly. Because, like, this has happened a relatively short amount of time. They've built, like, these huge armies. They have all these technological advances. Like, and it keeps coming and coming and coming. And I'm like, can we take a breath here? Jesus Christ. (laughs) Our witches haven't come up with no new magic. (laughs) (laughs) But the Camarilla is, like, walking around with magic-proof armor. That's not fair. You're so right. <laughs> yeah, I do feel like they went from like putting people's vocal cords in a little speaker in season one to this, like really, really quickly. You have a point. <laughs> and also it's like it like on the one hand, I one hundred percent agree with y'all. But on the other hand, I think what's interesting is that like you just said like the witches have not come up with any new works and it's by design like they're forbidden from doing of the spree work like they have an in, internal um kind of hatred or disgust with any work that's not sanctioned by the american government and used for military purposes and i think that that's like a systemic thing that you can look at which is is exactly how they would uh control the witches right like that's exactly mm-hmm. if that was a real thing that's exactly how they would do it they would socialize them to turn away from all work that wasn't the sanctioned military work yeah they've definitely been hobbled by like yes. having to follow civilian government rules yeah mm-hmm. i would just like to know what the r&d budget is for the camaria though because <laughs> Unlimited. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Let me see a budget sheet. Because, like, how are you doing this? But, uh, Anacostia, you know, wants to stand down so they don't think make things worse. And she's trying to tell Abigail and Adil not to intervene because, you know, they are ready to jump. Always. <laughs> <laughs> Or Abigail is ready to jump boys and Adele's like, you go, I go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Adele goes where she goes, so this is the now. So Abigail is ready to jump, Adele is too. <laughs> but they do something interesting that we haven't seen them do before. Um, Adele uses his magic to distract the leader by flipping a truck and at the same time, he's hiding Abigail so she can sneak in and snap this dude's neck because that's not magic. <laughs> I I literally cheered. I screamed. <laughs> I was so excited. I loved that. It was so good. That was such a moment. I was like, oh, that's why they didn't want you two together. but then abigail does what abigail does and you know she talks to the cadets gives a gives a great speech you know baby petra does that and (laughs) (laughs) the cadets are like relieved and encouraged so that was a really nice moment like we hadn't gotten a good abigail speech in a while right Mm -hmm. And in her full power. And I went from screaming and hooting and hollering to crying. Like I boo cried during that, that during that moment. Like it was just so mm-hmm. it was really powerful. Like it to me, like there, you know, I was kind of in my own head about like, you know, uh 
women's body autonomy in reality and like the government like taking our bodies for their property and in this show that's exactly what's happening and you have this woman she stands up against with her sisters and tells her resist 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 and act like you're complying and it was just it was it was like a Harriet Tubman moment. Like it was just so mm-hmm. powerful to me. It just made me cry. I went from yay to <laughs> in like <laughs> moment. <laughs> yeah, I was ready to start stomping too. I was like, oh, right, I like, miss Abigail being a leader. Yes, <sighs> that's what we've been missing. Yeah, it's good to see her back, like in her natural habitat, like being a leader. Mm. I hope that's not the only moment we get. Well, we will see. Yep, we will find out soon, I guess. I hope we get a nice, I feel like we're going to get a nice epic, you know, uh, speech <laughs> of that ilk. Um, and she's going to she's gonna start it off and then all of the Bellwether unit is going to step up. I just, I, I, I feel it. I feel it in my bones. Like, for the <laughs> boss battle. Yes, right before the boss battle. <laughs> I hope so. I need like a joint speech from Petra yeah. and Abigail. Oh, that'd be nice. Or like Almost a there. split screen, like Petra talking to her troops, <laughs> Abigail talking to her cadets, and like Ooh, that would be good. Yes. Oh, I would love that. Yeah. I would too. Yeah, I need to own this series. Yep, Blu-ray. We need it. Let me just say, I hate it once again that the Camarilla always seems to hire these annoying white men. (laughs) (laughs) So annoying. They look like they look just like the dudes that had the tiki torches. Like they, they look, it looked like you could just superimpose their faces right on tiki torch dudes, and it would be look exactly the same. And they're put in charge of these women, and I hate it. <laughs> yes. I'm just going to say they're dressed in red for a reason. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk about our girl, Tally. So she's back, and she's teamed up with Scylla and the Dodgers. And the session has taken in the Dodgers when they had nowhere else to go. So, you know, they're ready to go ahead and repay that kindness by helping in any way that they can help. And Tally uses her vision and sees that the council is in trouble. So she and Scylla decide to enlist the Dodgers to help them save the day. And that's a great moment. Yeah, that was a good, like, if this was a buddy comedy, that would be. Like, we're going in to save the day. (laughs) And this is such an important step for the Dodgers to, like, come out of the shadows and say, we're going to fight. We're going to stand our ground and we're going to fight. Right. Like, and I, yeah, like, you know, not so much like they have to take on every, you know, everything that comes at them, but they, you know, stand and fight and run are both valid ways Mm -hmm. to deal with a threat. But like you said, it's nice to see them like we're gonna add to this fight because we were like we were treat we were um, treated well and we were saved by the session. So we're gonna do a little saving too. Yep, love yeah. it. Yep. And they understand the gravity of the situation. Like that's a hard mm-hmm. life to be on the run all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think they understand. Like you know, if we don't help with this, if we don't take care of this problem and get rid of the Camarilla, like. That's all we can do. Like, we'll be on the run forever. Mm-hmm. And they have a bunch of kids with them. That's a tough life for kids. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh. I'm glad they at least mentioned Tiffany. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it made sense. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, they probably couldn't get the actress again, but it works because you're like, they wouldn't bring their kids to, you know, mm-hmm. a retreat where they were about to do, you know, come to arms. Exactly. Like, a war is coming, so let's put the kids somewhere a little more safe. So they have the Dodgers enlisted and ready to go. And before they go in, Tally tells Scylla about her vision of the witch mom. 
And Scylla is, of course, upset. But Tally tells her they're going to find a way to stop it from happening somehow. Like They don't know how, but they'll find a way to stop it. Yeah, I'm glad that she... Because um, at first it seemed like her feelings were, were like like hopelessness about it. And now like as she's told more people, she's gotten more determined to like mm-hmm. actually stop it and save Rio. Mm-hmm. Save everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was definitely toward the beginning, like Tally not knowing what to do or thinking that there was nothing she could do. So yeah, it's nice to see her kind of you know change her mind on that and try to fight to to save everybody. Tally's gotten so much stronger. Oh, yeah. She has. Look at her going off on her own, making plans. (laughs) Right. (laughs) All the way to California with no chaperone. (laughs) This is a new Tally. And um, participating in a little bit of uh, sedition there. (laughs) Like, this is a whole new Tally from the girl we first saw. (laughs) Exactly. Growth. They go in for the rescue and things seem to be going well at first until the witch special forces arrive because, of course, it can't go smoothly. (laughs) And unfortunately, Tally and Scylla don't like because they haven't had any communication with Abigail. They don't know about this armor. Oh, yep. So Tally goes to try to knock this leader out and the magic turns back on her and she gets knocked down and of course this guy is the worst so instead of (laughs) taking her prisoner he's ready to just stab her right there but that's when the best part of this episode happens our girl Rael is back (laughs) huzzah yay I was so excited to see her. <laughs> yeah, it definitely has coming out of the mycelium is like that's the power move. That's like <laughs> that's like uh, when you summon from a, in a in an RPG. <laughs> it's like summoner magic. You just wipe everybody out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it definitely hasn't been the same without her. So it's nice to have her back in the fold. Mm-hmm. It was her that turn. whole time, honestly, when they they were hugging and crying, I was like, "Go outside, and get Scylla. Right. <laughs> and I'm I was like, like "Look at how much I've changed." Where I'm like, "You guys need to go save Scylla. Right, right. We've all changed. <laughs> I know this is a beautiful moment, and like you're crying and like hugging, and you haven't seen each other for a while, but like Scylla is like outside being captured. <laughs> <laughs> That's growth Public for us because like, there was definitely <laughs> right. there was definitely a time in season one when we would have been like leave her out there. <laughs> right, right, absolutely. Now she's part of the unit. Right, got to leave her. Like go save her. Why are you wasting time with all this hugging? <laughs> hugging. <laughs> well, they're they're having the reunion with Rael. Uh, Alder is just traveling all over the globe. She's in Spain. <laughs> She's in, in in Spain trying to track down the remaining pieces of the first song. There are two left that she needs to get. So she goes to this dude who's running, like, I guess an antique shop or whatever he's calling it. This guy named Santos, who we soon found out is a descendant of witch hunters. And, like, he keeps saying he's a changed man or whatever, but, like, you have a picture of yourself with Hearst. Can't be that changed. Right. Why would you keep it? (laughs) Exactly. Like, I would want to distance myself from him if he had really been, like, my student that went rogue, you know? But he ends up telling Alder that the remaining two family lines are gone. Like, and those songs weren't passed down first. Um, But then he remembers that he has a box 
that contains the vocal cords from one of the witches from one of the lines. And like they were cut out and put into a music box that he gives to her. So she has that piece of the song. But after he does that, we find out he's not as changed as he says he is because he tries to stab Alder. What <laughs> dummy! I'm like, you know she's you know she supposedly died. She walks through your door. You gonna stab her? You fool! Right. <laughs> Clearly, death is not something that sticks with her. I am not gonna stab the woman who came back from the dead. <laughs> like, right, dummy. Get yeah, everything you deserve. But in a nice uh, plot twist, she hangs him from a rope he has that supposedly hung her sister. And she's like, that's a lie. <laughs> I, was it was- I was like, this this episode is single-handedly giving me every bit of symbolism I need in the world. Like, all these oppressors are dying. Women are killing. Like, it's, just, it's a lot. It's a lot uh, that it gave me. It gave me a lot of emotions. <laughs> so it really was giving in all areas. Like <laughs> It's like you may think things are down right now, but like we're going to persevere. Yeah. We're going to make it. Things look bleak, but everybody is fighting. So back with the unit, um, Adil and Abigail make it back. And unfortunately, they have to tell Bear Killer that her marshal is dead. And Abigail then says that she wants to enlist in the resistance force. And like she's no longer a soldier of the U.S. Army, which that was not something I was expecting from Abigail. Ooh, me no, and I, I mean, come on. I was like, yeah, I'm telling you, this this episode was like, what does Crystal want to see on her screen today? <laughs> I mean, Abigail, she's like, she bled the U.S. Army. Right. Yeah. And for her to turn around and say, I cannot be with this shit. Things right. have gone way out of hand. Way out of hand. Like, I expected this from, like, Rayo, because she never wanted to be there anyway. Right. But not from Abigail. <laughs> not from a bellwether. And even, like, I really, really loved, it feels earned. It doesn't feel like a, like mm-hmm. a, oh, she just um, flipped the script. Like, it feels like an earned moment because it's just, like, little by little, like, she's learned that she is a warrior, but she needs to be more choosy about who she's fighting for. And I feel like this whole journey over these seasons is her learning truly what she is fighting for. This is a witch's place. I'm fighting for my witch. Like, I'm fighting for my sisters mm-hmm. and brothers. But, you know. Yeah. And you can kind of, like, if you were to go back through from the beginning, you can kind of pick out all the moments where she's starting to become disillusioned with the army. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So it was really kind of all leading up to this from the beginning. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's still, like, a little jarring to see. Like her finally take that last step to say, no, I'm not yep. a part of this anymore. Not only am I not a part of it, but I'm joining the other side. Like, damn, mm-hmm. go ahead. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's and it's it, it happens to be the session where um where Rayelle came from and she had all this like lip to talk about. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, she wasn't too, like, she wasn't too dismissive, but she was just like, you know, when Rayelle showed up, she was like, you look pale to be from the session. <laughs> that's, that's rough. Which now we know why <laughs> she said that. Like, after we've seen the council, we now know why. She I think at first I was like, what does she mean? <laughs> but Bear, Bear Killer tells her that, like, you should go see your friend first. And she turns around and finds Rayel and Tally. The gang's all back together, except <laughs> except Silla, who has gotten herself captured. <laughs> I mean, three out of four. Exactly. <laughs> but I miss Abigail calling Rayel shitbird. I know. It's been so long. <laughs> A loving shitbird. <laughs> 
You're back. Our original three are back together. Just in time for the end. Right. Just in time for the final fight. (laughs) Tally goes back to her room that night and she finds Alder waiting for her. I'm like, why is Alder always like creeping around? <laughs> right, she didn't just ever like use the front door or <laughs> like knock or anything. She just, you just show up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> can you come through a door so people know you're here? Like, <laughs> just popping up on beyond that. Tally tells Alder about her vision and Alder says that, you know, the only thing more powerful than the witch bomb is the first song, which I really wish they would explain to me why. <laughs> right. Like, why? It's kind of like a MacGuffin at this point, but like... I'm guessing the first think- song is what created the mycelium, the mother, and the mother is what created the witch bomb. So the first song is more powerful because it created everything after it mm-hmm. yeah and I think I'm very interested like the thing about MacGuffin is that the, the search itself is what you're watching and there are definitely points in Alder's story that are interesting and I'm engaged with but I feel like you need to tell us more about this for me to be completely completely invested and again it's a time thing they just don't have the time mm-hmm. yeah yeah. I feel like okay, she's finding this song, but I'm not really I'm not really invested in it because I don't know why. I don't know enough about it to care about her finding the song. Mm-hmm. It's like I know it's going to be the Deus Ex Machina that solves all the problems for the season. I mean, that's that's what it's setting up to be because they haven't told us what it is. So whatever it is, it's just going to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, if we had just gotten one more season. Right. Even one more would have been better than this. I feel like it deserved at least three more, but... Mm-hmm. Like, if they had just introduced the first song in this season, and then we could have gone on the search yes. next mm-hmm. season. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Like, you know, the search could have even started this season. You know, like, it, it could have, but it's just, like, it should have, it needs time to breathe. The storyline needs time to breathe and then to connect um, organically with the rest of the story. I'm thinking of how, like, in the first season, uh, I was like, oh, our ancient enemy of the Camarilla, we're not really talking about them. Until the very end, where it's like, <laughs> the ancient enemy's back. <laughs> <laughs> And then we talked about the next season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they made quite an interest, didn't they? Sure <laughs> did. But the one like really interesting piece from this scene to me was that Alder tells Tally that she needs her to look, learn to look into the past to find that last piece. So. That part's interesting because we have never oh, yeah. seen Tally do that before. So that's a new, like a new power, a new skill that she would be demonstrating. But I also feel like, how are we really going to get a payoff from this in three episodes? Because mm-hmm. like, what's the point of introducing this new skill that Tally has only to not really have her use it for anything else? Like, there's no room to really develop it. Yeah, and, like, not just that it's a new skill, but, like, the fact that um, Alder came to her with this understanding that she can learn it. Like, there's no guarantee she knows how to learn it. And Mm -hmm. because we know she has to, because we have three episodes, it's like, it takes a little bit of the tension out. It takes a little bit of the, you know, suspension of disbelief out. Because I know, I know the mechanisms of this story as opposed to just being like falling into the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like how I wish they had time to explain why she would think that Tally could do that. Cause like, is this something that 
a seer has known before. Like, yeah, I definitely wish we had more information about this. Yeah, and also see like the toll this magic is taking on Tally, mm-hmm. which I don't think we're ever going to see. <laughs> Right. right, like Nikta mentioned it, like how that kind of work takes a toll on you, but then we don't really have time to ever see the after effects of that on Tally. Yep. And that, again, would have been a great uh, storyline for the next season, because Tally, I feel like she's been through so much physically throughout the story, because when she was a biddy, like, you know, at the end of the first season, she turns into a biddy, and then at the beginning, she has to deal with that and then be unbiddy and deal with that. And it's like, now she's doing this work and that also could take a, you know, physical toll. And I actually don't have a problem with seeing, it's almost like a motif of like Tally, you know, she travels through, through time, but it, you know, her body is what, um, get, you know, has to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's just so many areas where we can't get, proper development just because of the time crunch so it's like all these things are thrown in but not really fleshed out because they did such a good job of developing tally sight like sprinkling it in first season like she could see a little better than mm-hmm. everybody else yeah. but like this season it's been like yeah. on fast forward <laughs> yeah yeah exactly everything this season is like hyper like hyperspace like, i feel like she needed more time to learn mm-hmm. to see into the future and now we're gonna learn how to see into the past in like probably 20 minutes right right like it seems like not that long ago she was just trying to get control of how to see anything at all and yeah like now we're looking to the past i must wish there was a bit more of a time jump like a year or like something for this season so that like all the things that feel like they were like super established could feel like oh yeah that makes sense it's been a year you know Mm -hmm. yeah a time jump could have worked yeah because like for the Camarilla to take over the government to the extent that they have I feel like they need more time to do it yeah It seems like it happened so fast from where they were in the first season, like where people barely knew the Camry existed to this. Yeah. And I mean, and they, I feel like you could also kind of, I guess in my mind, I explain it like they've always been in the shadows kind of thing. And when they finally have, permission really to exist above ground that's when they like unleashed all their plans like they've always had ties to power they just kept it on the hush hush until they could get uh public sentiment against witches Mm -hmm. that would make sense i mean but was public sentiment so much against witches that they're okay with collaring people on the street yeah i mean yeah, I wish we had more explanation for that too. Because mm-hmm. we don't really know why the public has turned on witches so harshly. Like, is it just the spree attacks that were happening previously? Yeah, that's probably like the beginning. I think and overall, they really could have done a little bit better with letting us see like the general public. Since the general public's opinion and like feelings were so important in every season really um kind of seeing that in some way would have been helpful yeah because we started off with tension Mm -hmm. really i mean like the president and alder were like already contentious Mm -hmm. they started those centers and people were like you know against that and you know so it's little things over the time so it's almost like when um silver shows up they're like yeah finally someone's gonna you know deal with this you know yeah I just feel like, I like it feels like they went from not my daughter joining the army to being like, yeah, okay, but uh, she could put this work reducing collar on and keep it on all the time. <laughs> <laughs> she could, it just seems like I don't know. 
I wish they had more time Wait, to Wait, so who are these people that are calling? Because they make all wishes join the military. So who are these people out in the street they're calling? I think I it's the people from the missing lines. Yeah. That yeah, they've been going through the genealogy to find. Yeah, and the ones that had been, you know, lost that didn't know they were descended from witches. Yeah, that does seem like a bit of a stretch. <laughs> it was like, why are you calling people in the street? What the hell? <laughs> right, like, how did yeah, we I wish get here? Explain that to me. <laughs> <laughs> but our own, uh, you know, our reality, you know, our um, actual march to uh, to totalitarianism is happening happening as we speak. We can kind of see it, you know, how quickly things can turn. That's true. So we end this episode with Scylla, who is being held in a truck awaiting transport to somewhere. And <laughs> the two cadets that are watching her, um, first they tell her that they saw Rael which is a great moment. Like she's happy that Riel's okay. And she's back. But then these two cadets tell her that, you know, she's being taken to a place where no witches ever come out again. So, Except Anacostia. <laughs> like Anacostia and Sterling came out. but Right. I guess they wouldn't know that. But I'm actually scared for Scylla. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a so little scared concerned. for her. <laughs> <laughs> I am a little worried for her, but I mean, I know the gang's back together, so I know they're going to come looking for her. I think she did a really good job of playing that. Like, I'm really excited. My, you know, the love of my life is back, and she's healthy. With I'm in I'm in mortal danger. Like she was like, and we're you know such a flip of the switch. Right. She was so happy at first, and then it was like, oh, uh, <laughs> this is not a great situation to be in. <laughs> we of course hope she makes it through okay, and we will find out in the next episode. So that is it for our recap of episode seven of season three of Motherland Fort Salem. Um, as always, you can find us on Twitter or Instagram at It's Recap Madness. Or if you want to send questions, comments, anything by email, uh, you can find us at recapmadness at gmail.com. And we will see you next time. See you, see you. Bye.